0: Welcome back to the Registry Hour Roundup for this week, commencing Monday, the 24th of August. And we have a special show this week. I know that I say that every week, but this time as holiday season continues, uh, the head of client services, Barbara Ruiz Alonso, and the CEO of Registry R in the UK, John Kernan, can't be with us. But back in the studio, we have Mr. Nick Bruce, the voice of reason, head of business development. Nick, good to have you back.
1: Good to be back. Thank you, everyone.
0: And this week, we have a very special guest. It's Thomas Steinman, who is the CEO, of course, of TR. Really glad to have him along. But before we start the interview off and to maximise our time, we're going to go straight to the disclaimer because this is a financial services podcast and anything could happen in the next 20 minutes or so. And today, the disclaimer is going to be read by uh, the returning hero, Mr. Nick Bruce, and I'm going to accompany him on the ukulele.
1: This podcast is sponsored by RegisTR and features members of the RegisTR team offering their personal opinions. It is not intended to be taken as any form of legal, tax or other professional advice and there is no representation made as to the accuracy or completeness of the information, nor does it necessarily reflect the opinions of RegisTR as an organisation. Great. I'm just going to go for a lie down now. (laughs)
0: So in the virtual studio, we're delighted to have Thomas Steinman here, who is uh, the CEO of Registry RTA. And if you don't know Thomas, you probably do. He's been working in the industry a long time. Um, He was head of investor services at Deutsche Bank SAE in Spain. So he's played a big role in one of the largest custody players there, of course. And then after that, he was a consultant at Iberclear, who are the CSD for uh, the Spanish region. And now he's taken over as CEO of RegisTR. And Thomas, can I just say, you've taken over at an unprecedented time. One of the big things that uh, has happened is uh, SFTR has kicked off remarkably well, uh, as we know, although the trading volumes do seem to be uh, lower than expected. But of course, you know, the markets are depressed, there's a recession in the UK, there's there's slow activity. And in last week's show, um, Kevin DeMayer from Alfie was talking to us, About the outlook for the fund industry. And, you know, some funds are going to do better than others, but actually it's not going to be a universally flat picture. And this, of course, means that October could be another very busy month because that's when phase three of SFTR comes in with the the sort of buy side regulations. Um, so what are you thinking? Is is it going to be calmer now for the next few months, or are we going to see SFTR, uh, Phase 3, Amir, and then Brexit causing a whole load more disruption? What, what do you think the outlook is like?
2: I, I think I would agree to what uh, you said before, that uh, we were all um, understanding that potentially the start of SFTR would have been much more or, or, or less smooth than in the end uh, it apparently uh, kicked in yeah we were all prepared that uh, potentially we would have need to deal with a lot of uh, post-implementation issues with a lot of uh, uh, problems which might have come up uh, or were only coming up uh, the truth is that uh, this has not been uh, the case in the way we were uh, expecting that so i think that is uh, clearly good news for me it shows uh, a couple of things i mean that uh the market players uh, uh, are very much committed to, and were very much committed to deliver uh, on time uh, a viable product uh, in order to have this starting uh, as smooth as possible. So I think that's uh, that's a positive takeaway from from, from there. Um, uh, now looking forward, how will it be uh, regarding SFTR, of uh, uh, potentially not easy to say. I mean, taking the experience we have seen now, I would expect, I would hope, and I, of course I would hope not to be wrong then uh, this time, neither. Uh, I would expect that potentially for the third wave, the impact should be in a similar manner, means uh, uh, we will see uh, teasing problems, issues at the beginning potentially uh, in some cases, but uh, from my perspective, it should go in a similar way, the starting uh, of the next wave, uh, then, or com- uh, compared to what we've seen now uh, at the 30th of July. Uh, it, will we have an end of a transition period on, on the 31st of December, or will we not? I know there is an official answer to that, which is a yes. Uh, uh, on the other hand, If I look back, what we have seen within Brexit, uh, this was a back and forward, back and forward several times. So can we be 100% sure uh, that it's going to take place? I think the answer to this is working assumption is yes, we need to be sure. That's what we are doing. We are preparing to that. If you ask me personally, I wouldn't sign it uh, at this moment. uh, As we all uh, have seen, that uh, things have changed uh, a couple of times against what in fact would have been or should have been happened uh, uh, realistically. So from that perspective I see a challenge there um, uh, between uh, the uh, readiness which needs to be ensured and which uh, is going to happen, Uh, Registria is working toward that uh, direction, Um, but I see um at this moment, and this is a personal opinion uh at least not a hundred percent clarity that potentially not in the last moment things might even uh, change again into what direction i don't know but uh, from my perspective uh, I still think that there's a kind of uncertainty around uh, brexit uh, starting uh s per the current schedule at the beginning of January. But as I said, that's a personal opinion. And uh, uh, obviously, Registrar's working assumption is clearly to ensure readiness uh, for the end of the transition period uh, at the end of this year.
0: Nick, um, I suppose this is something that we've thought about a few times, is that actually the in a way, the fast-changing world of regulation used to be the challenge we had to face. Now it's dealing with all the other unpredictable things that are happening that you know are happening around us that actually mean that you know adapting to you know the most complex piece of uh, data reporting there's ever been, like SFTR, comes with an ISO standard, and actually it's a lot easier to respond to than the unexpected changes that come uh, from world events, or or indeed planning for the sheer uncertainty of what is going to be just a few months down the line with Brexit?
1: For me, in 30 years of banking, I have never seen as much change as I've seen in the last 12 months. It's phenomenal. Uh, no one could have predicted all of the events that would have been going on. So not just the standard impact of regulatory change, but Brexit and then with COVID. Um, then there's the uncertainty and the complexity. So as you rightly said, with Brexit, the fact that, you know, how many lines in the sand have been drawn with Brexit? um and then they've just been moved so that you have to plan but with no real certainty
0: Well, Nick, I mean, you're based in the UK. Registry uh, UK is going to be uh, launching uh, fully operational and set up um, in time for Brexit, just in case there's a cliff edge. Uh, It'll be there. Is is this a a dangerous time to be opening up a a franchise in a territory that could be massively disrupted by, you know, uncertain legislation? Or as a business development guy, do you look at that and think to yourself, OK, this is a great opportunity to develop... Um, in uh, new exciting ways, and sort of expand the market. Especially, you know, bearing in mind that we know that this is, is quite a challenging marketplace because you know we've just lost a big market player in CME and Exabyte.
1: It is a challenging environment, but as you probably expect, looking from a business development perspective, change is actually quite a good thing. It can be because what it can do is it can be a disruptor that forces opportunity. So I think. When I look at the changes that have happened in the market, and we talk about the UK business, and it was something you asked in the question before, I do believe that, yes, it adds complexity. Um, you know, Personally, I would prefer Brexit not to be happening. But what it does for our franchise is it actually means that there's an opportunity to expand our UK footprint and our UK business. So, look, it's something we absolutely have to do anyway for our UK-based clients, for our large clients that are servicing underlying UK business as well. But for us, I think we're we're quite a unique player as well in the market in the fact that given our shareholders with Clearstream, with Iberclear and the wider groups, is that we have a lot of internal experience and knowledge and know-how that we can bring to the market. And I see that as something we can leverage. And with the changes with CME, look, these things, they're horrible events, but at the same time, for us, it's an opportunity. There's an additional pool of clients that hopefully we can help support and add real value to. So. I see that as, as the upside. But as you rightly said, managing that as well as someone who's, who's leading the sales and the relationship side, I equally, I have to look at that and I look at the pricing and I recognize the fact as an old custodian and I am old now that a race to the bottom only goes one way and it's not, it's not pleasant and it's not great for clients and it's not great for business it is that you have to get the balance right. Because you have to always be cognizant of the fact there is a constant need to develop. And whether that development is because of regulatory change, or whether that development is just new improved services, you know, enhanced reporting, et cetera, for your clients, there is a constant need to adapt. So it's getting that sweet spot. And I mean, you know, that that's always gonna be a challenge of any business, but it's never been more so than now.
0: Well, keeping with that theme of uncertainty, but perhaps moving a little further forwards. Um, I was talking to someone the other day, and we we were joking about the fact that you know you're getting old, if you can remember going to a financial services conference where everyone wasn't saying that next year, everything's running off DLT. And there is this idea, right, that, you know, DLT, blockchain, these technologies are there, they're going to transform the industry, and especially when it comes to addressing the costs of transactions, the cost of settlement, the cost of reporting. Uh, automation is always seen as a solution. It's an interesting idea, because of course, this year as well, we have seen uh, a major market player, CME, Nexabide wind down the European operations. So we know that, you know, it's a difficult environment to survive in and addressing costs through automation is, is a key part of that. So, Thomas is the CEO of the leading European trade repository and uh, one that is now going to be operating in multiple territories. Presumably, you've got a view about the way that technology has got to transform the sort of day-to-day operations and the systems and processes, the infrastructure that, you know, comprise a uh, sort of future-proof um, TR.
2: Uh, well, first of all, thank you for remembering that I'm old. <laughs> yes, I, I I, do remember this situation. So, from that perspective, uh, Uh, (laughs) I am falling to that category Um, and potentially because of that uh, uh, you may allow me a a view on on the future this is what we have seen also in other businesses and also in other times Uh, for me the constant battle between uh, short, medium and long term uh, solutions Uh, because I think um, it's easy to say or it's easy to be convinced that uh, going forward, long term, only uh, uh, new technologies which in the end are producing, running cheaper uh, will be able to, uh, to contrast or to, to uh, come up with and to come over the problem of the requirement and the pressure of reducing prices. So, uh, as a generic statement, uh, obviously, um, a system solution or an IT solution or a processing solution, which uh, is uh, uh, able to cope with high volumes, very high volumes, at a very very low uh, costs, is clearly something long term we need to uh, go. Uh, to, or we need to end up with now, um, that is easily said, uh, looking at the uh, long term end status or potential end status. Uh, there will never be an end status. Everything is evolving, but, but, uh, considering this now as a kind of a, or, or, or as an end status. But this, of course, is against short term needs and short term, uh, 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 possibilities, because as you rightly said, uh, somewhere uh, in this, uh, uh, in the interview, uh, we are, uh, confronted, uh, in the short term, uh, with constant changes we need to adapt to, uh, which require, uh, also from system or from processing perspectives, uh, uh actions and, uh, activity, investment and efforts. Uh, so, uh, and that to some extent detracts us uh, from uh, uh, seeing or looking at the long term overall goal. I cannot uh, uh, forget um, about what I need to deliver tomorrow or next week uh, because of a change of the regulation, because of a commitment I've uh, given to a customer, or because uh, I need to change because my system requires specific uh, adaptions. Uh, I cannot forget that and only work towards um, uh, a a a long-term strategic, cost-effective solution. Uh, What does that mean? That does mean that, in fact, I do have a constant uh, uh, conflict. Uh, How and where to spend my money means uh, running the uh, day-to-day business versus transforming into what I think should be um, the... um, more efficient or a more efficient uh, system environment, and guess what? Uh, this uh, in an environment with, as we said before, and I'm with you. I do remember this very well from the custody uh, uh, of my times in custody, um, cutting or, or very aggressive uh, pricing uh, initiatives uh, in the market, uh, requirements from the client to adapt to reducing prices taking over more and more uh, activities, services, responsibilities, uh, clearly uh, brings us in a a situation where we need to uh, prioritize what can we do, either the short-term or the long-term solution. Uh, uh, As life is, uh, uh, the short-term requirements uh, do normally must have and will have the priorities. Why do I say that? I say that because that is why I think that although in theory and and in a best environment, uh, long-term technical solutions which help us to bring prices and costs down, um, from my perspective, uh, will theoretically uh, be uh, the best approach but in practical terms, most likely will take longer to arrive than, uh, than we most likely would like to see it. Uh, that having said, uh, um, I think that is exactly the challenge we are in, in balance both challenges. Uh, of the long-term goal versus the short-term obligations and needs we have.
0: In terms of expecting things to arrive, obviously you're absolutely right because I've been expecting blockchain, DLT, to arrive for about six years and (laughs) it's still not here yeah, not at least not the way we hoped. But of course, in Luxembourg, you're in an interesting slot there, aren't you? Because you're surrounded by a lot of fintech businesses. And there's a real interface around, we were talking about this with Alfie last week, there's a real interface in Luxembourg uh, between financial services and tech in an interesting way. So the chances are, if a blockchain KYC solution or a blockchain regulatory solution was to emerge somewhere in the EU, it would probably launch in Luxembourg, presumably.
2: Yes, uh, you're right. I mean, especially taking into consideration of our location, uh, the environment uh, where our company is is in, uh, does give us opportunity uh, uh, potentially to progress on this long-term on this long-term goal. Uh, and especially, I think something uh, uh, we would need to uh, look at is the following. Instead of and and let me here even uh, correct myself or be a little more precise what I said before uh, it, potentially we will not or it will not become a kind of unique solution every or the entire process flow moves into a different uh, into a different uh, uh, solution but we potentially start with small steps small uh, 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 isolated processes uh where we can see changes in moving into a more efficient technology and and doing this uh and from different angles uh, uh adding then these small steps together uh we might then see a significant uh, change um well nearly uh, naturally evolving by putting these uh, uh, small pieces together to a to a bigger one and then realizing that uh, having worked like that uh, doing some improvement uh, in this process uh, uh, adding some uh, better processes uh, for another uh, piece of work and service we are doing by adding that together we then come up with a with a significant step forward so so potentially this might be uh, the right approach uh, not so much searching for a, for a all covering uh, a new setup, but by going step by step and looking where we see a need for an amendment, where we see a need for uh, or an opportunity for improvement by going into a technology uh, which is uh, uh, um, based on a DLT blockchain uh, for this specific piece. Having done several pieces of these uh, working in parallel, adding that together uh, brings us to that what some people say one and one is not two but three. then we really have the uh the, the the significant step forward now from a timing perspective, I think uh opportunities are there before this is really working uh effectively in a company. I think there's still some time. Uh, to go because as we said, challenging, challenges are arising uh, every day and are overlapping with these uh, uh, more strategic goals and both needs to be handled and both need to be uh, put to, into the balance.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, Thomas, I completely agree with that. I think um, especially when you look at sort of the arena that we operate in when we're talking regulatory reporting, which really is part of the infrastructure, you won't get a big bang sort of approach to that. So I think when you look at the funds industry in Luxembourg, yes, it's extremely dynamic. I think one of the reasons that PLT hasn't, as you quite rightly said, Andrew, we keep talking about it, we haven't seen the big bang, is because the move to that one indisputable record is a the leap things so fundamental. And I think for me, this is why you're going to see incremental changes. Because I think ultimately we might all see this golden source book of record, the ability of regulators to pull data, but that is going to take a long time to build into that position. So I think you will see it more at the fringes, a bit like you said, for things like KYC, things that can easily sort of move to applications first. Um, and, I, and I think there will be a, a slow progression towards that. You never know. It might happen. And we might be talking about it in conferences going, God, do you remember the days when people talked about DLT? But, but I don't think it's any time yet.
0: Okay, good. Well, on that note, I hate to wind it up, but that is all the time we have this week. So um, what I would like to do is, first of all, thank you to Virtual Studio crew, uh, regular, and uh, good to have you back. Head of Business
1: Development, Nick Bruce. Good to be back. Thank you, everyone.
0: And a huge uh, Registry R Roundup thank you to CEO of Registry R, Thomas Steinman. Thank you for joining us this week. And yes, OK, hopefully we'll meet again in another nine months and uh, we'll have had a bit of a rest.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Great pleasure for me. Thank you very much.
0: Okay, thank you. Well, that is everything this week. We have uh, a very, very brief Brexit update. Okay, and I'm going to say now, John Kernan, I apologize. I never appreciated just how complicated this was and how easy you make it sound. So come back soon. Anyway, okay, last week was round seven of the uh, EU-UK future negotiations. Um, And uh, David Frost and Michel Barnier were meeting in Brussels. Uh, David Frost uh, intimated that he thought a a trade deal would be possible by next month, which actually is going to be good for Danny Corrigan, who predicted a trade deal by October. So fingers crossed there. Um, David Frost did make it very clear, though. He said the UK's sovereignty over our laws, our courts, our fishing waters is Of course, not up for discussion. We will not accept anything which compromises it, just as we aren't looking for anything which threatens the integrity of the EU's single market. Meanwhile, uh, Irish Premier Michael Martin uh, obviously met UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson and said that they'd signalled a genuine desire to achieve a comprehensive trade agreement with the EU. And um, that's been good news. Similarly, the Handelsblatt reported that Johnson's poor COVID-19 management is increasing pressure to reach an agreement with the EU after the UK has reported a high number of COVID-19 victims and poor economic performance. On that front, the British economy has contracted by record 20.4% in April, May and June. The numbers show the hit to the economy was worse in the UK than other countries in continental Europe, such as France and Germany, whose lockdown restrictions were eased earlier. And that's it uh, for the Brexit update. Now, this week, there are meetings of the chief negotiators and their teams and specialised sessions before we move into round eight, which will take place in a couple of weeks. So just a little temporary uh, Brexit update there, but sadly, not the good news we were all hoping for, and yet, strangely, none of us were expecting. However, what we are expecting is to be back next week with uh, another Registry Roundup, and do join us for that. In the meantime... Have a good week and have a safe week. If you're back in the office, we hope your commute is going well and the socially distanced tea caddy isn't causing irritations in the kitchen. And if you are still working from home, do remember to check out our LinkedIn page. That's linkedin.com slash company slash Regis hyphen TR. And you'll find all the episodes of the Regis TR Roundup there, our podcasts, you'll find the latest ones, and also you'll see the chat that goes on around the episodes. Do join in, give us your comments, let us know what you think. And if you want to be in the show, drop us a line. In the meantime, we 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 will see you on the next roundup. Bye-bye.